you to hear the scripture. Ooh, you might want to praise him a little bit more. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verse 20 and 21. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Ooh. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody needs to say, Lord, it's unto you. Everything I go through, I give you praise. Ooh. Every adverse situation, I give you praise. In every attack of the enemy, I give you praise. Every time my body aches, I say, thank you, Jesus. Now unto him who is able. I don't know what you're going through today, but I want you to know God is able. Think about the most difficult thing you're going through right now and shout, God, you're able. Just give him praise. Just because he's able. Oh, 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 God. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to use these three words. Now unto him. Now unto him. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void. It accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us today. God, we need to know that you're the able God. And we need to know that in every situation, in every circumstance, we can yet praise you because you've got it already figured out. And you've already worked it out for your glory and for our good. So God, we thank you now for what you're going to speak to us today. It's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray and we thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Now unto him. Now unto him. Hallelujah. You know, as we live this life with all of the nuances and the requirements, the responsibilities, all of the struggles and the challenges 
all of the pitfalls. Are y'all listening? And even the mountains that we have to scale in this life in order to achieve a level of fulfillment and joy in life, we find out that we can't do this alone. And I, I, I believe that, that, that everyone in here today, except maybe if there's anybody who just does not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, every one of us know that we can't make it in this life alone. Yeah, we can't. We can't. And if we're going to get to the fulfillment of joy in life, we can't find it alone. Yeah, we can't find it alone. We can't find it alone. And, and, and I mentioned joy, and I, I just want to add this in, that God is not so much concerned about your happiness as he is concerned about your humility and your obedience that brings peace in your life and eventually brings the fullness of joy. Happiness is temporary. Joy is everlasting. That's why the joy of the Lord is my strength. Many people in this generation have gotten it wrong because we want to be happy in life. You're happy today and you're down tomorrow. Yeah, you're happy because somebody likes you today and you're down because they don't like you tomorrow. You're happy because you got a job today and you lose your job and now you're down and out. But when the joy of the Lord is your strength, come what may, that joy remains. Because joy is not dependent upon your circumstances. Yeah, and, and I was reminded of that because... I posted something on Facebook about Halloween, and a pastor friend of mine wrote back and said that he hosted a Halloween party and had 200 children, and they were all happy. And they gave out Bible verses, and they said, thank you, and they meant it. And I didn't say everything I wanted to say, but I did want to say to him that God is not really concerned about us being happy. Yeah, yeah. I need to burst your bubble this morning. Yeah, God is concerned about you having joy. Yeah, and if we ever find that, if we get that realization and that understanding, amen. And it seems that the longer this world exists, the greater the challenges are for people in this world. And, 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 and maybe, maybe that's not the case, but it seems that way. You know, uh, uh, I, I started to write this and I didn't, but... I'm going to say it because I believe when the Holy Spirit brings something back up to me, I shall say it. You know, we lived in a much simpler time that this generation doesn't know. I'm not saying that we need to go back, but this generation doesn't know life without a cell phone. This generation doesn't know life with joy and peace when you don't have that device with you all of the time. At night, you're trying to sleep, and you're getting dings, and you're waking up over in the night to see who's digging you, interrupts your period. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. You can't ride in your car from Rock Hill to Charlotte, or you can't go from Main Street to, to Albright Road <laughs> without that phone disturbing your peace. Yeah. That was a day when... 
when the folk wanted to reach you on the phone, they had to wait until you were at home. If you missed the call, it was okay. They would call back. You know, yeah, yeah. That was a simpler day, and that was a simpler time uh, when people had more peace and probably were happier. You know, I, I, a lot of times think about when we, when we do the youth mission to Liberia, and we see the young adults, you see, we see people in their 30s, you know, playing games together that we would call children's games, and we would not want to play those games because we have entered into an arena in our society that, that we put simple things on the back burner. And we don't know how to really enjoy the simpleness of life. And it's created problems for us. And, and so people have all of these problems. People have problems. People have, have identity problems. And people have emotional problems. And, and it's rooted in the stuff that goes on in society around us. We want to be liked. And so the more friends we have on Facebook that we don't know. <laughs> we never met them a day in our lives. The better we feel. Put something out there and you want to see how many people like what you put out there. And I'm kind of guilty. You know, I'll go back and check when I put something out there. You know, who 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 like this? You know, you know. But you know, you notice what my posts are about. You know, so you know, uh, I, I'm not gonna put something out there about you know I'm depressed today. I ain't putting that out there. You know, because I've learned that if I'm depressed, you can't help me out. I know who can help me out. Amen. If I'm going through something, it's just temporary. You know, th this too shall pass. Amen. Amen. I, I learned that a long time ago. If it's storming today. Keep on living. The storm is passing over. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, 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 yeah, people, people in this world are just, these are some, some difficult times and challenging times uh, for people. And it seems that the longer we live, the worse it's getting. Amen. Um, it seems that there are more sicknesses and diseases today than there used to be. Have you ever paid attention to that? I don't remember as a child there ever being a dialysis center. Think about it. There was no dialysis center, and people lived a long time. There's a reason for this. There's a reason for this. Have you ever noticed that every day on television there's a new drug that has come out? And with the new drug... All of the side effects. And if you're not careful and go to the doctor and you don't tell that doctor what medicine you're taking, he could inevitably give you some medicine that will work against something that you're already taking. To create a problem in your body. And if you aren't careful, the doctor may give you something that you don't really need. to create a problem for you. So there seems to be more sicknesses. There, there seems to be more diseases today. There, there seems to be more murders. I know there are more people in the world, but I tell you what, 
You know, that's not a day on the news that somebody is not shot or killed. Thank God it's not every day in Rock Hill, but it's enough. Somewhere in this world. There, there are more wars uh, and more, more, more around the world with, uh, as people vie for power and vie for control over the world's resources. And, and that's really the, the root of, 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 of many of the wars that go on, or all of the wars that go on around the world. Somebody wants power and wants control over the resources that God has placed in this world. Whether it's oil or whether it's diamonds or whether it's other minerals or, uh, you know, somebody wants control. Somebody wants control. Yeah, 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 yeah. Things seem to be really bad. And even on a personal level, for many people, things are bad. Amen. Things are bad. You, and you can fill in the blank. I won't, I won't go through that. You know, you know your own personal struggles. Or you know people that are going through severe trials of affliction in their lives and attacks of the enemy. Things, th things are bad. Things are, are so bad in this world that, that we can't depend on the government to ultimately help us out. We cannot. We cannot. People leading the nations of this world seem to be all mixed up. Matter of fact, you know, a lot of them are lost. A lot of them are evil. A lot of them are warped in their thinking and crooked in their actions. And many times the, world, many times the world's leaders are a big part of the problem. Amen. You know, sometimes with, with, my, with my limited knowledge of, of things, uh, and in particular, the example I want to use is of the Food and Drug Administration in the United States of America that allows things in our food that some nations or many nations of the world don't allow in their food. And I've concluded that our, our government is a part of the problem when it comes to all of the diseases uh, that we have in our country because of the things that, that's allowed in the food chain. And you've heard the statement, you are what you eat. Yeah, yeah, you are what you eat, everything that you're consuming. And I know, you know, canned goods are so, you know, my wife said the other day when canned goods, goods came out, you know, it was like the best thing that ever happened to black folk. <laughs> well, she might have said black folk, but she might have said, oh, okay. <laughs> because it's what? It's quick. And it's easy. You ever heard of BPA in the linings, linings of cans? Have you ever heard of it? Which is a cancer-causing agent. And so every time you open up that can that's so quick and easy, you know, you're putting a chemical in your body that's in the lining of the can. Many people today still pop plastic in the microwave and easily do it and don't realize that plastic is made from petroleum. And so when you pop it in the microwave and the, those waves start warming up your food, it's releasing gases and particles from petroleum into your food. You know, but it's quick and it's easy. Yeah, you know, it, it takes a little while to cook some collard greens, to cut them up and wash them and cook them. It takes a little bit of time, you know, to pick your beans, you know, and, you know, make sure there are no stones in them. You know, it takes a little bit of time, but, but we don't have time today because we are a microwave generation. And... And because it's in the grocery store and, and, and it's for sale and, and the Food and Drug Administration has approved this, then it's okay. We trust our government. 
we trust our government with our very lives, with our very lives. You know, when, 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 when mad cow disease was, was prevalent several years ago, you know, and it came out on the news, you know, I know a lot of people just don't watch the news, you know, but it came out on the news that part of the problem with mad cow disease was that they were taking dead animals, dead beef, grounding the cows, grinding the meat up, and using it as feed to put in the food for cows to eat. But our government allows it, and we trust our government with our very lives. So I've concluded that, that our government is a big part of the problem with, with all of the diseases that we're having in the world today. And, 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 and let it not be, let, let's not even mention people who, 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 who inevitably in this room right here will say, Bishop, I don't like water. And their diet for beverages or soft drinks. And just drink soft drinks all of the time. Then your back start aching. And you're popping a back pill, not realizing that your kidneys are being affected. Because you're not putting, and you know, and I thought about that thing. I don't remember, except on Sundays growing up. Except on Sundays when sometimes we had iced tea. Sometimes we had lemonade. Sometimes we had cooler, but every day we had that came from the spring. I know we can't find the spring today, but <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? But but it's okay because it's it's out there. And any of these young guys in here who play sports, or any of these guys or girls who ever play sports. When, you, when it's hot out there and you're practicing, they don't give you a Coke. They don't give you uh, a Sprite. What do they give you? They give you water or they give you Gatorade that has electrolytes in it. And so now if you're really concerned about your health, you can go to the health food store and you can buy electrolytes to add to your water that does not have the chemicals in it that Gatorade has. But they don't give you soft drink because sugar is a diuretic. And rather than boosting your system, sugar draws the water out of your system. Good health lesson today. But I conclude that our government is a big part of the problem. But we can't blame it all on the government. We have to take responsibilities ourselves. We do. We have to take the responsibility ourselves for buying into, into trusting humans for our, for our betterment. And then we don't read the labels. How many of us take time in a grocery store to read what's on the label? Thank you for hands. But you saw how many hands went up, right? Amen. So we can't put it all on the government. But just, I, I just want us to think about this and think about all of the problems that we're having in our lives and that we're having in this world around us because we're placing too much trust in human beings. Amen. We're placing too much trust in our governments. Amen. I know that I, I might be sounding really pessimistic this morning, but I'm going somewhere with this. And I guess you already know where I'm going. Amen? Amen. We cannot look to human beings for an answer to the dilemma that we're finding ourselves in. Amen? 
Amen. We, we can't now, nor could we ever, have looked to human beings for an answer to the dilemma that we have found ourselves in. All of us have sinned, and all of us come short of the glory of God. That means all of us are in, uh, uh, all of us are fallible. All of us make mistakes. All of us make bad decisions. Amen? You know, you think about the poultry farmer who, who, who chooses to use growth hormones uh, in his chickens or her chickens to grow chickens faster. So now you can grow a chicken from a baby chick to a full-grown chicken in six weeks. Yeah, and you wonder why the meat is so soft and why it takes you, why you can cook chicken in a few minutes. And when you, we're used to, those of us who are my age and older, you know it took a while to cook that chicken. But, but the farmer chooses to use uh, steroids to grow hormones to grow chickens faster, thereby making more money for himself, all right, providing jobs for others, but creating problems for thousands of other, or millions of other people who eat the chickens that he has grown. It's good for him, but it's bad for so many others. You see what I mean? So we all make decisions, and sometimes our decisions are good for us, but unless it glorifies God, it's bad for somebody else. Thinking about this, I'm reminded of the psalmist who said, some people trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God in Psalm 20 and 7. And this is where I'm headed today, through all that we go through in life. Amen. It takes an abiding trust in the sovereign, almighty God in order to keep us from being overwhelmed with life and life struggles. Are you hearing me? Amen. There's some things because of the situations of the, the, of the world that we're in, we're just going to go through. All right? But it takes an abiding faith and trust in the almighty God in order for us not to be overwhelmed with the challenges and the struggles of our lives. And this is not for one of us. This is for all of us. Amen? Your challenge is one thing. The person in the cubicle at work next to you, that person's challenge is another thing. Your neighbor has a different challenge. But all of us are facing challenges in our lives. The distinguishing mark, amen, is for those of us who put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. While some people are looking to human intervention, there are those of us who cast our care on the Lord. Amen. When I read Psalm 124, I'll make this psalm personal. You can read it and make it personal for yourself. But Psalm 24 says, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, when men rose up against me, they would have swallowed me alive. When their anger was it's in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. I make that personal because I realize that, 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 that I cannot place my ultimate trust in man. Amen. I can't place my trust in the government. I can't place my trust in my own health. Amen. I can't place my trust in my money. I must place my trust in the Lord God Almighty. Amen. Amen. The sovereign God. The almighty God. Amen. This is the God who spoke. Hallelujah. And the world came into existence. This is the same God 
who came into this world through Jesus to save me of my sins. Amen. This is the God who has all power and all authority in his hands. Not a little bit of it, but all power, all authority in his hand. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, Paul makes this declarative statement uh, ad, uh, addressing the power and the authority of God. And, and it's in these words, now unto him, amen, that Paul makes his personal confession and reveals a revelation of God's ability. Now unto him. Somebody say, say that with me. Now unto him. It declares and it points everything back to God. Hallelujah. Paul declares that God is the starting point. All right? And God is the source. Hallelujah. Not only is God the starting point, but God is the best ending point. Everybody doesn't end up in God. But for those of us who end up in God, that's the best, best place to end up. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power that is at work within us. Hallelujah. To him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. Amen. I've got a question for you today. Where does God stand in your life? What is God's place in your life? You see, for some people, God is sidelined. You know, he's not the head coach. He's not the quarterback. It is football season, right? He's not the running back. <laughs> he's not anything like that. Some people have put God on the sideline and they've left him waiting for an opportunity to get back into the game of their lives so that he can do what they so desperately need him to do. Let me tell you, God can do what no other power in this world can do. Amen. To some people, God is like a sugar daddy, an old grandpa who's only there to give you what you want when you want it. Where is God in your life today? God can't do what he wants to do unless you give him an opportunity. God can't do what he can do unless you give him the rightful place in your life. One thing I found out about the Lord is that he never forces himself. No, 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 no. That's why sometimes you look at situations and you say, God, why didn't you move? Have you ever asked God that question? God said, I didn't move because you were in the way. I didn't move because you already had a plan. I didn't move because you already had it worked out. I didn't move because you already had it figured out. Yeah. So God can't do what he wants to do, nor what he, we need him to do, unless we give him that rightful place in our lives. God never forces himself. But when we yield to him and we open ourselves up and ask God, he comes in and he gives us the help that we need. Somebody needs help today. And only God can help you with what you're dealing with. 
I'm often reminded of, of Jesus when the Bible says he could not do many miracles in his hometown because of the people's unbelief. Yes, he is God. Yes, he healed the sick. Yes, he cast out demons. Yes, he raised the dead. Yet in Nazareth, in his hometown, he couldn't do many miracles because the people did not believe. The people did not have faith. And it's similar to that today. God can't do what he wants to do. God can't do what he yearns to do for his people because many people don't believe. Many people don't open up themselves to God. And, and, and for us to say, yes, I believe in God, or I believe there is a God, you're just saying what the devil says. Amen. The devil knows that there is a God, and the devils tremble. Amen. But when we say, I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I, I believe in the revelation of God in Jesus Christ. And I yield myself to you, God. That makes all of the difference in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's our unbelief that's hindering us. It's the blockages that we have that we put things in the way of God. It's hindering the move and the power of God in our lives. Amen. Now, now, so in this scripture, Paul points out some very critical things in this declaration of faith that we need to know. And I, and I promise you, I don't plan to be with you too much longer here in the pulpit. Amen. 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 Paul says, Paul says, now unto him who is able. Amen. I want to stop right there because we need to know that God is able. Amen. We don't need to just say it, but we really to, we need to know. Through your personal experience, you need to know that God is able. Amen. There's a song in Liberia that we sing, he's an able God. He's an able God. He can do what no man can do. He's an able God. Amen. He is the almighty God. El Shaddai. He is the all-sufficient God. Amen. Amen. He has all power in heaven and earth in his hands. Satan only has the power that we ascribe to him. Amen. So that means that Satan can only do what you allow him to do in your life. Amen. Because you have power over the enemy. That's why the Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you. Because you have the power to resist the devil. But as we yield ourselves to Satan, we give him power over our lives. We don't give God power. God already has power. We don't make God able. God is already able. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me today? Amen. He is able to do. Hallelujah. He's able. He's able. This is the God, as I said earlier, who spoke. Amen. And the world came into existence. This is the God who said, let there be. And there was. Are you listening to me? This is a God who parted the Red Sea so that the children of Israel could walk across on dry ground. Are you listening to me? I don't know what sea is in front of you today, but I want you to know that our God is able to part your sea. Are you listening to me? This is the God, amen, who said to Joshua, walk around the walls of Jericho and they will fall down after you do what I tell you to do. And the walls fell down flat because God is able. He's able. He's able. My goodness, God is able. He's able. I don't know what you're going through in your life. I want you to know God is able. Your husband may not be able, but God is able. Your wife may not be able, but God is able. 
Your, your honey pie may not be able, but God is able. Amen. Your sugar daddy may not be able, but God is able. Amen. The doctor may not be able, but God is able. I want you to know today that we serve the able God. Paul says, now unto him who is able. Somebody say, God, thank you for being able. He's able. Hallelujah. I'm glad I serve the able God. Hallelujah. When that doctor was cutting that tumor out of my body, I wasn't trusting in the doctor. I was trusting in God. When the doctor told me I had it, I said, it got no business being there. It has to come out. Because I was trusting in the God who's able. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's able. Paul said, now unto him who's able. Then he said, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think. My goodness. Hallelujah. I know you have some mighty things that you've been thinking about in your life. You have some plans that you've already worked out. Glory to God. You have a future that you're thinking about. Amen. You've thought through, and some of us, some of us are good at, at making our plans for our future, and it's good to make plans for your future. But I want you to know that the God that we serve is able to do exceedingly. I mean, what God is able to do exceeds your thoughts. My goodness, as a matter of fact, many times we limit God, hallelujah, by our own thoughts and how we work things out. God says, I want to take you here, but you've already made up your mind. You're stopping right here. He's able to do immeasurably more. You know what immeasurably means? It means you can't measure it. You cannot measure what God wants to do in your life. Not just what he wants to do, but what he's able to do. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. Ah, I'm excited about this thing. Bless the name of Jesus. I know that my future is better than my past because the God I serve does immeasurably more than I could ever ask or think. Glory to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Immeasurably. Stop measuring. Stop putting a limit around God. Hallelujah. Say, God, whatever your will is, let it be done. God, I surrender. Hallelujah to your will. Uh, God, I can only think so far, but I surrender to your will. Let your will be done in my life. God, take me where you want to take me. God, use me the way you want to use me. Hallelujah. Because you're able to do immeasurably more than I could ever ask or think. Amen. I remember as a boy, I didn't want to, preaching was not on my mind. Glory to God. I told you what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a cattle farmer, but God had a different plan for me. Hallelujah. I, Africa was not on my mind when I was a child. Probably had seen it in the geography book, but didn't have any idea that I would be going to the places that I go to and doing the things that I do. But God, hallelujah, when my mind was one place, God had another plan for me. God says my thoughts toward you are good only and not evil to give you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To give you. Well, I don't have to work for this thing. I didn't have to work to do what I'm doing. I mean, I'm not talking about I didn't have to study. Glory to God. I wasn't studying to be a bishop. Glory to the name of Jesus. I wasn't studying to be a pastor. Glory to God. But God had a calling for me. 
God had a plan for me. Now I did study. Glory to God. I do not want to devalue studying. Because there's enough ignorance in the pulpit. Amen. I don't want to devalue it. You got to study. Glory to God. You can't sit back and say, God, here I stand. Open up my mind and pour it out to me. Oh, God says you got to study. But he does immeasurably more than you could ever ask or think. And then he says, it's according to the power that works in us. It is according to the power that works in us. God's power is at work in us. Are you listening to me? The, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of the Sovereign God, the Spirit of El Shaddai, amen, is at work in us. That's the Spirit of El Elyon is at work in us. Oh, my goodness. The God who created the worlds is at work in us. Oh, oh, sometimes I sit back and, and I'm amazed at some things I write, and I, then I realize it's because God is at work in me. Oh, he, he's not a limited God. He's not a small God. He is the almighty God. Amen, amen. He is the one who embodies all wisdom and embodies all. He's at work in us. Hallelujah. God does what he does according to the power that is at work in us. That's why you need the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why you need, to, you need to, to cultivate a relationship with him in your life. Because it's him working in you that's going to make all the difference in the world. See, you, 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 you. He, he is our paraclete. He is our helper. So you have to develop the ability every day to say, Holy Ghost, help me. I know we pray in the name of Jesus, but the Holy Spirit lives in us today. So, so, so you got to develop the ability to say, Holy Ghost, help me. Holy Ghost, change my mind. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy Ghost, order my steps. Holy Ghost, keep me out of a bad situation. He's our helper. He's at work in us. Holy Spirit, bring back to my remembrance. I'm talking to y'all who are in school now. Bring back to my remembrance those things that I studied. You don't have to fail an exam when the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and he is the spirit of almighty God who embodies all wisdom and all knowledge. He'll bring it back to your remembrance. Are you listening? Are you listening? Holy Ghost, help me make a decision about who I should marry. Ooh. Holy Ghost, help me make a decision about what job I should take. He's our helper. And he works in us. But we have to access him. We have to utilize his power. So I ask you the question today. Where does the Lord stand in your life? Where does he stand? You should allow God to rule and reign in your life. What personal confession do you have about the Lord Jesus Christ? I said to our children, our young people this morning, you know, this has to get beyond what mama said and what daddy said. This has to be a personal experience with Jesus where you have your own personal confession from your experience with him. Your personal experience. If you're not experiencing the Lord, it's nobody's fault but yours. 
Amen. We used to sing a song, if I die and my soul be lost, well, the Lord, then whose fault is it? The Bible says that God gives his spirit to all who ask. Yeah. He, 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 he said, if Jesus said, if, if, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who, oh, amen. So, so yeah, I, I want to know y'all in the building. You know the answer to the question, just answer it. So, so if we are missing something, whose fault is it? Amen. You say, well, well, I'm not sitting on the pastor who teaches me. Whose fault is it? And is it the pastor's fault anyway? We passed the day when folk didn't go to school and learn how to read. Mm. And the Bible says you have need of no one to teach you. You have an unction from the Holy One. And he teaches you all things. Now, I am not negating teachers in the body. That's a gift from the Holy Spirit. But, but what God is saying to us, that his spirit will teach you. You have an unction. You have a feeling. You have an anointing. And the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. Now, unto him. Now, unto him. Paul said, I realize that I don't have the strength. I don't have the ability within myself to deal with everything that I have to deal with in my life. But now, unto him, now unto him who is the author and the finisher of my faith. Hallelujah. Let God lead your path and let God order your steps. Now, unto him who is the everlasting King of kings and Lord of lords. Now, unto him, hallelujah, who is bigger than any mountain in the world. Now, under him who raises up and sits down kings. Now, under him who is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Now, under him who is able to crush your giants. Hallelujah. And prepare a table before you in the very presence of your enemies. Now, under him who is more powerful and sharper than a double-edged sword. Now, under him who considers the least of these among the brethren, and he'll consider you too. Now, under him who makes a way in your wilderness. Now, under him who makes a path through your seas. Now, under him who gives sight to the blind. Now, under him who opens up deaf ears. Now, under him who spoke to Lazarus and said, come forth from the dead. Hallelujah. Now, under him, the almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth. Now, under him who speaks things into existence. Now, under him who put the stars in place. Now, under him who spoke to the waves and spoke to the wind and said, peace be still. Now, hallelujah, under him who was crucified, dead and buried, and raised from the dead on the third day. Now, under him who took the sting out of death, who took the victory from the grave. 
now unto him who canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness that stood against us and nailed it to the cross. Now unto him who disabled principalities and powers and authorities and made a public spectacle of them and triumphed over him. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power that is working in us. Unto him be glory. I said unto him be glory. Unto him be glory. Unto him I give you the praise. I give you the glory. I give you the honor. I reverence you, for you are the almighty God. Come on and give him praise. Hallelujah. This is the God we trust. This is the God we celebrate. This is the God we exalt. This is the God we dance to. This is the God we praise to. Hallelujah. 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 The government doesn't deserve my praise. God deserves my praise. Hallelujah. My family doesn't deserve my praise. God deserves my praise. He's gotten the victory in Jesus Christ. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. He saved me. He redeemed me by his own precious blood. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Both now and forevermore. Now unto him, now unto him who is able in everything you're going through in life today. There is the God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all, above all. Why not trust him? That's the question. Why do we have, uh, and, and, and you know sometimes when I think about those people who've been raised in Christ, y'all listening, raised in the church at least, why do we have all of these doubts now? about giving our lives to the Lord. What is it that Satan has that's so appealing, you know, that, 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 that causes you to continue to look to him to fulfill only what God can fulfill in your life? I know sometimes we don't call it looking to the devil, but when you understand that there is no middle ground, that you're either for God or you're for the devil. There is no, there is no middle ground. And much of this, it's not left up to our interpretation. It's left up to us to receive, to believe and receive. You know, study the word for yourself. Denominations may have different opinions about things. But ultimately, it's not the denomination who should be God in your life? 
We're teaching our children about heresy, our youth. And one of the things that it says about Jehovah Witnesses when you study their doctrine, the Watchtower organization tells the people what to believe. That's why when they come knocking on your door and you let them in, they want to leave you a Watchtower pamphlet. And they have been indoctrinated to say what the Watchtower Society, those people in New York, in their headquarters, tell them to say. The Christian church does not indoctrinate you. We teach you, and we make you think, and we want to open the scriptures to you so that you can know for yourself. And you can have an abiding faith in God for yourself. That's what the church has been assigned to do. That's what we want to do. Somebody put on Facebook the other day. If God says the pastor should feed the flock, then the pastors have to come to church. I mean, then the flock has to come to church so they can be fed. So you, you can't tell me that you know everything you need to know. And you have not even studied, ain't read the 66 books yet. Thoroughly. Five times. Not just one time. If you read them one time, you don't know. Because you miss too much. Now, unto him, this Bible reveals God through Jesus. And he wants us to place our trust in him. He wants us to understand that there is no way that we can make it in this life and be fulfilled and be successful in the way that he has ordained it unless we trust him. So today, today, think about that. Think about how many times you tried to work things out for yourself and it just turned into a mess. Think about the times when you've received godly advice and you didn't pay attention to it. And your life just keeps spiraling downhill. I'm not asking you to put your trust in me. I'm asking you to put your trust in Jesus. He is the one who's able to do for you what needs to be done. He will inspire you. He will strengthen you. He will enlighten you. He will take you to those places you need to go. He will put you in the pathway of people who can bless your life. He will do it. He will do it. He will do it. Only Jesus. So today, today, as our ministers come, there may be some people here today, you just need to re-up re it with the Lord. Rededicate yourself and your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. There may be some people in here today who've never accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord. The starting point